chapter 1. Verse 26, I'm going to read verse 26 through 38, and then drop over to 46 through 56. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. Behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered scattered the pride and imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats, and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. The title of the message this morning is, is The Handmaid of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege that we have to open your word. Thank you for uh, songs that we can sing and lift our voice in praise and honor to Thee. And Lord, we just thank You for Your love and Your mercies, which are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. And Father, we do praise look unto Thy word today that we encourage us and strengthen us, challenge us, convict us where conviction is needed. And Lord, I pray that You would just speak to our hearts and that You would be glorified and we'd be drawn to You. We pray in Jesus' name. The handmaid of the Lord. Now, handmaid, words used twice here in this passage. One's handmaid and the other's handmaid. A handmaid is a female servant. We, the word servant that Paul used many times, referred to himself as a servant of the Lord, would be the same thing. A handmaid, of course, just a female. Uh, it's one who worships God and submits to Him. And Mary responded to all these things that that the angel said unto her, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, 
be it unto me according to thy word. I want to look at three things, three main points and quite a few sub-points this morning about this handmaid of the Lord. First of all, the commendation of his handmaid. If you notice in verses 28 and verse 30, the first commendation that the Lord, the angel of the Lord, gives to Mary is that she is highly favored. Verse 28 again it says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. And again in verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. The word favor or favorite here means to undo with special honor. It's like to put on or to clothe one. You know, as we think about being favored, man of all creation is favored by God over the rest of creation. Uh, God made the earth for man. He gave him dominion over all the earth. A man alone was made for fellowship. We know this from Genesis chapter 3, that, that in the cool of the day, you know, the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Uh, John says in John chapter 1, verse, verse 3, uh, 1 John 1, 3, That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship was with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So, so man was made for fellowship. He made the animals for fellowship. You know, we have a lot of people today that would rather have have animals than children. Uh, seems like they'd rather have animals than people. I mean, uh, you can abort your baby, don't don't kill an eagle or destroy an eagle egg. Eagle egg, be you know, be, it's a crime. Uh, but God made man for fellowship. It was for mankind that Jesus Christ died. First John. Verse, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So, man, all of, create, all of mankind is favored by God over the rest of creation. And only a fool would say in his heart, God's never done anything for me. Only a fool. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, No God. So, so all, of, all of mankind is favored by God. However, Mary was highly favored. You know, God favors all mankind. He, he sends his, the rain and the sun on the just and the unjust alike. But he here is one who is highly favored. Uh, she is pursued with grace and with honored with blessing. You know, again, God loves all mankind and he favors all mankind, but there's a special favor to his children. I mean, I love all the young people at this church, but there's something special about mine. And you parents all understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I don't, I don't buy... I don't, I don't feed. You know, there's lots of young people here whose last name's not Byler. I don't feed them. I don't clothe them. They're not my responsibility. I mean, if they come to my house to visit, I might feed them. Or my wife will feed them. But, uh, you know, I care less you eat or not. No, no just kidding. But, but you know, I, I'm not responsible to feed and clothe you and, and take care of you and, 
and, and I don't love you like I love my own. That's understandable. You see, there are some people that are, that are highly favored by God because of the relationship they have with God. Ephesians 1.6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, the word accepted in the Beloved is the same Greek word as highly favored here of Mary. Same word. And we are, by, through the Lord Jesus Christ, been accepted into the Beloved. We are highly favored. We're highly favored. I like what it says in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, we use that word today, peculiar, and we say, well, he's a little bit peculiar. You know, he's just a little bit, you know, his, 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 his elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. You know, he's a he's a, a sandwich shy of a happy meal and all that sort of thing. You know, he's just a little bit weird. We say he's peculiar. But that's not the word peculiar here means. It means, for example, here's what it means. Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. We are a purchased possession of God. We are special. We have the apple of his eye. Under the praise of his glory. You see, we are special. We have been purchased by the and redeemed by the blood of Christ. We are highly favored of God. Mary was highly favored. So she was not only highly favored. Secondly, she was assured of the presence of God. If you notice again in verse 28, it says to a virgin espoused to a man, or I'm sorry, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. You know, a servant... You know, she's a handmaid or a servant, as she called her, referred to herself. A servant is one who serves his master. He is not the provider or the protector. All he does is serve. The responsibility of providing is not his. The, the responsibility of protection is not his. You know, when I was growing up, I never worried about it. I wonder what I'm going to eat for lunch. Now, sometimes I did worry about it, but I was only worried about what it was going to be, not whether it was going to be something on the table. You know, I'm not, I'm not picky. I just like what I like, you know. Uh, so, so I, but I never worried about, was, would there be dinner or would there be supper? You know, in Pennsylvania, we called it dinner. We never compared to it lunch. So would there be dinner or would there be breakfast, my favorite meal of the day? There was always lots of eggs, you know. No, I never, it never concerned me, because that wasn't my responsibility. You see, our Lord is responsible, is a responsible and a caring master. And the Lord, the angel Lord said to him, "The Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee." Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. All power is given unto me. Go ye therefore. And then he that verse twenty says ends with. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. 
You know, our Lord is a, a, a responsible and caring master. And he is always with us. John 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not, this is the old devil, but to first to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that might have life. That they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You see, David was a good shepherd and David would risk his life for his sheep. You know, he had a lion and a bear and he killed them with his bare hands that came out after his sheep and he put his life in his hands to protect his sheep. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. In John 14, when he was about to leave the disciples, he said this in John 14 and verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfortless means really means I will not leave you as an orphan. I'll not leave you as an orphan. You know, many parents or many children today are 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 orphaned by parents. But the Lord says, I'll not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And I like what Hebrews thirteen five and six. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man should do unto me. She, she was assured of the presence of God. She's a handmaiden of the Lord. But not only was she favored, assured of his presence, but she was blessed or praised above others. Again in verse 28, the, the last part of that verse says, Blessed art thou among women. And again in verse 42, uh, Elizabeth testifies through the Spirit, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And again in verse 48, For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. She was an especially chosen vessel through whom the Son of God would take a body and be born. You know, she has been the recipient of the highest honor of any woman in history. She's just a handmaid. But you know, we've been given some high honors. The Bible tells us we're going to reign as kings and priests. But until then, in fact, you know, there's a lot of people scrambling for these kind of things today because there's a new president going to be inaugurated here in January. We're ambassadors for Christ. Second Corinthians 5 says we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, an ambassador has all the authority of the nation from which he is sent. You know, the world may look at us and say, but God doesn't see us that way. So we see the commendation 
of his handmaid. I want you to notice, secondly, the character of his handmaid. The character of his handmaid. First of all, she was a woman of purity. Notice verse 26. In the sixth month of the angel, sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And again in verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She was a woman of purity. She was a virgin. You know, though she was from Nazareth, a place not known for its virtues. In fact, remember, in John chapter 1, Nathaniel said, when Philip said, uh, uh, come see the Messiah, the Christ, uh, you know, fr- uh, uh, from Nazareth, and Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? See, Nazareth wasn't a place known for its virtues, and yet she was pure and holy. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of, the, of them whose heart is perfect toward him. D.L. Moody said this, quote, God doesn't seek for golden vessels and does not ask for silver ones, but he must have clean ones. Unquote. You see, she was a, a woman of purity. She was also a woman of faith. You see, she believed what Gabriel said, even though it was humanly impossible. Notice verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. And then again, verse 45. Notice Elizabeth's testimony. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She believed what the, the, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel said to her, even though it's humanly impossible. Not known a man. How could she have a child? She also believed and understood that God was through her fulfilling his promises to Israel and the world. Notice verse 32 and 33. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, does she really understand that? Well, look at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For, he, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. 
And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent, away, sent empty away. He has opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. You see, she's quoting here what God said to Abraham in, in, in uh, uh, Genesis seventeen nine, where it says, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. In Genesis seventeen nineteen, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. Thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. You see, she believed and understood that God through her was fulfilling his promises. Oh, how we need to believe what God says in his word, even if we don't understand it. You know, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, she was a woman of great faith. But thirdly, she was also a woman of humility. Now think about it. Though she has been highly praised by God, highly praised, yet notice she gives glory to God. First of all, she acknowledges her sin and need of a Savior. You know, there's, of course, the Catholics teach that, you know, she was a virgin all her life and she can help you salvation. She can intercede for you and all this kind of stuff. And, well, you don't find that in the Bible. You don't find that in Mary's testimony. Mary acknowledged her sin and need of a Savior. Notice verse 46 through 48. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. He hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. See, she confessed her sinful state. Her lowest state. That word lowest state there means spiritual abasement. Uh, Strong's describes it as, as leading one to perceive and lament his moral littleness and guilt. She said, you know, I'm of low estate. I'm guilty of sin. I'm a sinner in the sight of God. And yet he hath regarded me. See, she was a woman, though highly praised, yet a woman of humility. And again, she gives all glory to God. Notice verse 48. For he hath regard the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth, henceforth all generations call me blessed. Verse 49. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the pride in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. 
as He spake to our fathers. Notice over again. She said, it's He that has done this. It's He that has done this. It's He that has done this. It's not I. It's He that's done this. You see, she gives glory to whom glory belongs. Your first Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 30 and 31 says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 24, Let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. We have nothing to glory of. Paul said, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I have nothing to glory of. Though she was highly favored by God, she gave glory to the Lord God. For everything that was done. But I want you to notice a third thing. She was not only, she was not only a uh, highly, uh, we see the commendation, we see the character. But I want you to notice that she, the consecration of the handmaid. The consecration. Uh, she was a dedicated and devoted to the Lord's service no matter what the cost. Now notice verse 27, and also verse 31. 27 says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. So here's a young Jewish virgin espoused to a godly man. And before they are married, she's going to conceive. This is going to bring societal reproach. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, preacher. I mean, it's, it's the Holy Ghost. And, you know, everybody... No, everybody didn't know that. Everybody didn't know that. In fact, Joseph, being a just man, was minded to put her away privately. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 22. Deuteronomy 22. You know, if something miraculous happened to you, do people just naturally believe it? No. Lots of people are full of doubt. After all, the whole nation rejected Jesus as the Messiah. Deuteronomy 22, verse 13. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her, and give an occasion of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman, when I came to her, I find her not a maid. In other words, not a virgin. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city and the gate. Damson's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hated her. And lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, Find not thy daughter a maid. 
And yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity, and they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. And the elders of that city shall take the man and chastise him. And they shall immerse him in a hundred shekels of silver, and give them unto the father of the, da of the damsel, because he hath brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel, and she shall be his wife, and he may not put her away all his days. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of the city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she had wrought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house, so shalt thou put evil away from among you. Now, you know, so the Jewish custom was to prove the virginity. So this, this is a societal reproach that she's going to have to bear. In fact, what did the Pharisees say to Jesus in John chapter 8 and verse 41? We be not born of fornication. What were they saying? You're an illegitimate child. That's what they were saying. Societal reproach. Secondly, thinking about her being a consecrated vessel, this child of hers will bring for a time great agony and sorrow of heart. Notice verse 47. Verse 47. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. Go to chapter 2, verse 34. Chapter 2, verse 34. Here they are in the temple to dedicate him. And Simeon comes in, led by the Spirit of God. And Simeon, verse 34, And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. <clears throat> Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Can you imagine mothers seeing your son whom you brought into this world, who went around doing good, feeding the, healing the sick, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, being falsely accused, mocked, cursed, beaten beyond recognition, then crucified while you stand and watch. You know, sometimes... Serving the Lord comes with a price. 
Sometimes it means division. You know, Jesus himself said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Sometimes it means not seeing loved ones for years. It may mean ridicule or mocking of the world, or they just think you're a little strange, a little weird. But do you think Mary has any regrets? You know, I believe Mary understood the implications. But she said, be it unto me according to thy word. See, serving the Lord requires consecration. It requires dedication. It requires devotion. And Mary was that consecrated vessel who was willing to suffer, to endure the the consequences for the Lord. She was his handmaid. Be it unto me according to thy word. Is that your response this morning? Are you willing to be a handmaid of the Lord or a servant of the King of Kings? Or the, and the Lord of Lords? What about you this morning? What would the Lord say about you? Are you highly favored? Do you believe His Word? Have you acknowledged your sin and your need? Would you be willing to humbly say, Hear my Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary was a true handmaid of the Lord. One who willingly did what the Lord asked of her. And she was greatly rewarded for her sacrifice. You know, if we, get, if we sacrifice the Lord, he will greatly reward us as well. How is it with you this morning?